Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Shay. Hello. Well, welcome to the Clever Girls New Podcast. I am excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yes, and we are going to be talking about budget challenges, how to tackle them head on. And I think this is such a relevant topic because, you know, everybody is working through a budget or maybe facing different challenges with their budget, especially given the current economic times. So I'm excited to have you on here. But before we get into the topic, please tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name is Shay. And on the internet, I go by Shea Budgets. I have a YouTube channel and an Instagram where I am the most active. And that is where you can find me, hopefully, inspiring, educating, and just sharing with people how they can manage their money and how it does not have to be some daunting task. I know for some people it can be daunting, but in and of itself, you know, just managing money doesn't have to be daunting. And so having come from a low-income family and poverty, it has been my life's mission to improve my own personal finances. And my, my hope is now that I am able to just help people to see how it can be done who are in similar situations or who come from different or similar backgrounds. I love that. And I love the name of your business, Shave Budgets. And I wanted to ask, I know you just mentioned that your background coming from a low income background, um, but what is it that drove you to focus on budgeting? Is Was there a personal experience that was like, you know what, I can help other people given what I have experienced? What, what was, what led to your passion to doing what you do? There was not, it's actually kind of interesting because I was um, so there's this, you know, how there's the finance community and this community and that community. There's also a planner community where it's just a bunch of people who um, interact with each other regarding planners, because most people just walk into Walmart or Target to buy a planner. But there are actually like some really cool planners some customizable planners. Plan- I mean, there's like, YouTube. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, there's a whole slew of, and I even go to planner meetups and events and I speak at them. But, <laughs> I mean, like, it's like a whole thing. Um, there are hundreds or hundreds and thousands of us. And so I was actually kind of getting introduced to planning and the idea of using a budget planner like a a planner for budgeting it makes sense and you know instead of using maybe Mm -hmm. a regular regular line notebook or whatever to use a planner that's specifically for budgeting and so once I learned about that in 2017 which was right after I got married my mind was kind of blown and so it was 
in me sharing my planner that people were interested in the budgeting aspect. I didn't know that people really truly cared that much about that aspect of it. And then what happened is I was trying to upload a video of my budget planner to Facebook in the group that I was in, the planner group, and it wouldn't work, I think because it was too long. So I uploaded it to YouTube in 2017. And so from then, that is when I realized that this is actually, at that point, it was more like uncharted territory. Of course, there were other people who were using budget planners and sharing how they were using them on YouTube, but it was more like uncharted territory back in that time. And so once I got a lot of views, I think I got like 10,000 views on my first video that I had thrown up and, you know, I had poor lighting and I didn't have any, I filmed on my phone. <laughs> and once I got some subscribers and I was like, oh, okay, so this is do or die. I have to decide if I want to continue on this path um, and do this when I'm not at work because I was working full time. I still work full time, but do I want to, you know, go down this YouTube rabbit hole of sharing financial stuff, which is what the people want, or do I just be one and done, you know, upload one video and just kind of move on with my life because I was just there sharing. And so I decided to just keep on and see what would come of it. And so that is how I got here. I'm a social worker, so I love helping people. I'm also a certified financial social worker, which most people don't know that there is an element of social work that Mm. is rooted in finances. That is something that I do, you know, in my day-to-day life and in my work outside of social media and YouTube. So that's kind of, that's, that's how I came to be in a nutshell. That's very interesting. I'm always curious to know. Um, So let's get into the gist of the topic. And given that you help other people with their budgets, I'd love for you to share what you find are the most common budget challenges that you see individuals facing today. I think that some people don't have the knowledge and the education having come from certain homes where maybe they had mixed messages about money. Maybe they were taught messages that they don't necessarily agree with, or, you know, they were not taught properly about how to manage money because managing money, I guess I view money management similarly to like, not necessarily like a faith or religion, but it's just one of those things where you might be taught or shown a certain way growing up, but that might not be the direction that you want to go in. So maybe your parent was, uh, let's say, a person who shopped emotionally whenever they were uh, trying to cope with their emotions. But maybe that's not what you want for yourself. So you have to kind of blaze your own trail and kind of unlearn some of that and learn some new behaviors. And so I think that just not having the knowledge and the education and also just trying to pivot from what people knew and what they were taught is a challenge that they face. That's when I'm doing budget coaching. Most people just are like, I've never created a budget. I don't know where to start. Um, some people don't under the understand how to put together a monthly budget and what that should specifically look like because they might be looking at other people's finances and budgets and trying to mimic that. But in reality, they need to make their own budget and manage their finances in a way that works best for their family. So I think just like not having that education in my experience, from what I've observed, is one of the largest challenges. Of course, some people do still struggle with living in a high cost of living area, or they may not have an income that is sufficient to meet their needs. And so that can present as a challenge. But most times people do, and when when I'm doing coaching and stuff like that, most people do actually have the means and the finances. It's just that they don't even know where to begin. So that leads me to my next question. So for someone who 
is trying to set up a budget for the first time. Maybe they've never budgeted before, or they are, they are trying to improve an existing budget that maybe they weren't really, you know, super sold on, maybe not really paying attention to or using. What are the first steps in your process to helping somebody lay out a realistic budget for themselves? I like to take a deep dive into what their values are. I think some people, like I said, they try to base their life just in general, not just money off of what other people are doing, which is kind of the world that we live in. So no fault to them (laughs) necessarily, but I'm like, what are you, what, what are, what are your values? Let's talk about your values. Let's talk about what you know about money, the messages, the money messages that you were taught or received growing up. Let's just kind of unpack, which is what financial social work is. Let's unpack everything about your thoughts and feelings about money, your spending triggers and all of that. Let's unpack that first before we move into this. Cause if, I feel like there has to be a certain level of buy-in, you know, there has to be some buy-in like, uh, and some, maybe like a dreamer mentality, you might call it. A person has to feel like this budget that I'm about to put together or after they put it together, this is actually feasible for me. This is going to work. I feel like I can, I can still go out to eat occasionally or, you know, whatever it is that they might value, they might value going out to eat. So I just feel like just putting together a budget based on a person's value and where they are, exactly where they are, because they may not be in a position right now where they can save for the house that they want at the rate that they would like to. But maybe we can put together a budget where you are actively working towards that goal, but you're not just, maybe you're not hitting the milestone of saving 500 a month right now. Maybe you got to start at 250 because that's what your finances suggest that you can do. So I call it a value-based budget. Mm -hmm. And I really like that approach. I think it's really important to create a budget or create a plan for your money based on what's meaningful to you. I think a lot of times people get caught up in expectations of society, family, social media, friends, et cetera, as to what they should be focusing on when that may not be what they want for themselves, right? Like you may not want to buy a home in X city. You may want to rent for a while. You may want to travel uh, before you commit to buying a home. You may want to have kids. You may not want to have kids. And so all of these things tie into you being able to create a plan for your money, which is your budget. And like you said, it's really important to get clear on what's meaningful to you, what matters to you, what are you trying to accomplish with your finances so that you can achieve your goals and be happy and feel, um, you know, leverage your money as a tool for the things that you want to achieve. So that's, I think that's definitely like a foundational aspect. Um, and so sometimes I think people, I'm sure you see this all the time. People will come to you and say, I'm, I'm terrible at budgeting. Right. So when you look at someone's budget and, um, or you help someone create a budget, how do you kind of ease them into, I get that you want to save $500 a month, but at this time, maybe you can only save $250, for example. How do you have that conversation and help them see that it's not deflating their their goal or their ambition to save, but instead you're helping them create a plan that leads up to that, being able to save that $500? I think that when we talk about, when I talk about this dream or mentality, I guess you might call it, I feel like that's when that comes into play. I feel like when clients, we'll call them, can dream and they can see what could be possible, that is really helpful for them. So as an example, even putting together a budget for a month and kind of allowing them to see, walking them through that and allowing them to see that 
X, Y, or Z is possible. That's really helpful. Putting together a longer term financial plan, such as an annual budget or um, a budget kind of taking into consideration what their goals are and how they might accomplish what when they might realistically accomplish those. I think that that's really helpful because if you're just going through your day to day, you you want to buy a house, but you don't even know where to begin. You don't you don't have a clear financial picture each month. You're not really sure about if you'll be able to accomplish the goal. You know, that's one thing, but really sitting down and and taking a deep dive into where you could actually be if you commit in three years and how much more closer you will be in three years to meeting that goal of buying a house, that gives people the ability, I feel like, to visualize it and to dream it. And I think that that's really helpful in my experience in helping them to kind of see like, you know, I can really, it's kind of like when you lose, you start trying to lose weight and you lose three pounds in a week and you're like, okay, like <laughs> I, if I did three pounds this week and I just went to the gym, you know, three times and I cut back my soda intake and my calories and all of that, and I lost three pounds, then I can keep going. And if I can keep going, then I can lose three, six, nine, 12 pounds in a month. And then I can lose 24 in two months and so on and so forth. And you can visualize Mm -hmm. that. And so I think just helping them to visualize the bigger picture, because most people, a lot of people are kind of just stuck in the now. They're not really visualizing that bigger picture. And so those are the people we those are the people we have to help more because there are some people who can, who can visualize it and they're in a place where they can do that. But some people, they're just not in that place. And so we just kind of have to help them to get to that place. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it's important to have that monthly budget where you're tracking, you know, your ongoing expenses, your um, one-time expenses, you know, tracking your day-to-day spending, seeing where you can save or cut back, but then also having that long-term view of a budget, right? You want to buy a house in three years. Um, This is how much I need to save every month for the next three years based on my annual income of XYZ after taxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think planning, looking at when you're thinking about looking at a long-term budget, you're looking at, um, your fixed expenses, things that you know you're going to be paying for every month for the year, things that you know that you want to save for every month for the year. Those are the things that you put in your long term. And that's really important. But it's also really important to have that short term where you are, you know, tracking your day to day, tracking how can I manage this expense better? How can I eat out less to save more, to put more to my to reach my 500 month savings goal? So having those two things, but definitely having that vision that, you know, big picture dream view um and and making it come to reality in a way i guess come to pass by putting it down on a budget that you can track long term is is very important so i like that approach um so i wanted you to also talk about um what are some common mistakes people make when they sit down to create a budget and how can they avoid them so let's say i'm new to budgeting and i know i need to plan my income and my expenses for the month maybe i'm creating a dream you know plan i built out a long term budget what are some common mistakes i need to avoid So one of the mistakes that a lot of people make, and I once used to make the mistake too, is that I wouldn't budget for all of my income. Essentially, Mm. I would just budget, (laughs) I would just budget for my bills. And then I'd be like, okay, like I have $500 left over. So wherever that ends up going is, I guess, where it's going to end up going. And it would end up going to anywhere, but anywhere, (laughs) savings, anywhere, but 
extra debt anywhere but where it really could have gone to really help to to help me. And so I think budgeting down to zero, which is mm-hmm. budgeting your monthly income to zero, people tend to think that means wiping out your bank account and taking that down to zero. <laughs> no, just budgeting your monthly income down to zero and just having a job for all of your money seems to be really helpful. Cause like I said, I would do all my bills and then I'd have miscellaneous and that was supposed to be for food and eating out, travel, shopping, all of that stuff. And that money would be gone because that's where I, I allocated it. I allocated it for miscellaneous spending. And so it went to miscellaneous places. And so a lot of times people don't take it to be as important, I guess, to creates a plan for saving and for paying off debt because yeah. if you're if you're doing what I was doing like I said saving and paying off debt was nowhere to be found in my budget no extra debt payment even though I had the means to do it I just wasn't doing it I just wasn't treating saving as important as it should have been like a bill or debt yeah. I wasn't treating extra debt payments I wasn't I didn't treat that for those like an additional bill which is what you have to do otherwise you're just kind of leaving it to chance. And so I feel like that's one huge mistake that a lot of people make and a way to avoid it, like I said, is just to assign every month how much you want to save towards the house that you want to buy or the debt that you want to pay off or, you know, just allocating all of your money. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I think and I think zero based budgeting um, is a good solution or a good first budget for someone who's new to budget budgeting or trying mm-hmm. to a budget. Uh, I think a lot of people make that mistake of not planning for all of their income. They pay their bills and the rest is like YOLO. <laughs> and then they have intentions to save, but by the time they get around to saving, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So I definitely think that zero based budgeting is a is a good way to, to tackle that. And if you're new to budgeting, you're trying to for get sure. your budget, you know, something to consider. I used a zero based budget, but you know, I've I've sort of, sort of like evolved with my budgeting approach. And that's another thing I think that is okay. As you get comfortable, as you build in like your good practices with budgeting, you can evolve your budgeting. And, you know, I kind of, I, I look at my savings and investments as one of my bills, right. That's built mm-hmm. into my budget, but I don't budget down to every, every dollar. So I have free money in my account. Um, but there is, but the rest of it knows that, okay, you have to go to save, you have to go to invest, you have to go pay the light bill, you have to do this. So I have a bit of flexibility, but that's also because I've been doing it for a long time. So even if you start zero-based budgeting and you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot of work, it's just something to help you build the habit and consistency of staying on top of your finances. And if you're like, you know what, I want to evolve to a different approach, a percentage-based approach, um, have more flexibility. But like Shay said, I, I definitely recommend budgeting for every single penny that you get when you first start out or as you work on improving your budget um, and giving every dollar a job to do like this one dollar is buying gum this month <laughs> this for sure is, is for yeah I, I think that's so important um, and it, it'll definitely help help you and I just wanted to add that you know we're talking about zero-based budgeting and Shay you had mentioned that for some people it's like they're wiping out their account and that's not what it is it's, right. it's you as the boss telling your money, go and do this for me. And some of it is paying bills, which is not fun, but some of it is planning for vacations, which is fun. Some of it mm-hmm. is saving for your future self, mm-hmm. which is incredible. <laughs> some of it is for paying sure. down debt, right? So it's not your account getting diminished. It's not you being punished. It's you being the boss, you putting on your CEO hat and saying, listen, money, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, because it's money that we earn. Most people, I mean, there might be a, a few people in the world who are descendants of wealthy, rich people who don't work, but the rest of us work in some type of capacity. And whatever money that you make, you're getting that. It's literally a tool. Um, people can have a lot of emotions tied up into money yes. and all of that, which is perfectly normal. But really, it's just a tool to kind of get you through life and in life everything costs literally everything costs money and it costs a lot of money and so you have to be able to manage that money unless you want to be in a position where you are you know robbing peter to pay paul or getting payday loans and just living above one's means because they are not managing money properly so as annoying as it is we all have to have some clue and you're right um in the beginning i feel like i was as i was learning practices and putting routines and habits and such in place I went really hard with the finances and I feel like multiple times a day I was kind of checking on things but now um, even I think about our personal spending that my husband and I get we don't keep tabs on that I know where his money goes pretty much it goes to stops at McDonald's and Hardee's on his way to work or (laughs) whatever that's where his money goes and mine might go to I have one subscription uh, for perfume and I have I buy other little few things here and there. I'm I'm normally a bigger purchase kind of gal every few months or, you know, whatever. I'm not really like a buy a bunch of little things, but we know where our money goes. So we don't have to keep tag. I don't have to hand my husband a hundred dollars and say, here, here's your spending money for the month or two or whatever. I don't have to do that and be more particular about that anymore because we know now where we spend our money. And so we're, we're not, you know, too serious about that. In fact, right now, I think I, I budget almost kind of completely different from how I used to. It's still zero-based, but it's more so like, here's what's going to bills, here's what's going to investing and savings and whatever the case is. And then whatever is left, so long as we hit those initial goals, like if we say we want to save $500 in a month or whatever, as long as we do that, the rest of it, we're just going to spend however we see fit. And sometimes in doing so, we have money left over at the end of the month. Um, From that, you know, we have, money left over because we haven't spent all of it like we maybe would have done back in the day or whatever it's just completely different now and so you're right it evolved which is perfectly okay and perfectly normal some people that's why we we can't compare because some people might be starting out and they might be doing zero-based budgeting and they might be hitting it hard another person might be on the opposite end of the spectrum where they're more lenient they know how much money they're getting they know how much money they're spending so they might check their bank account daily and that might be it they might not spend a bunch of time tracking expenses and doing cash envelopes and doing all this different kind of stuff so I believe that you're absolutely right but until you can learn and unlearn some behaviors in the beginning you definitely got to put in a little bit more work than maybe somebody else who yes. has been in, in the game for 10 years yeah all, all at different stages of budgeting and for some people they just love you know the tracking down to the to the tiny penny and they do that and that's the approach they follow and it works for them. And that's perfectly fine too. I think ultimately by having a budget and telling your money where to go, when it comes time to do the things that you want to do, you 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 are in a position that you can do them because you have planned accordingly with your budget and your overall financial plan. And also when you choose to spend or splurge or have a good time, you don't feel the guilt because again, as you, you as a CEO, you've told your money, you're going to do all these things and you have this extra money to do the things that you want to do without feeling bad because you know your other goals, your other financial obligations are being met based on your budget. 
which is the literal difference between <laughs> a person starting out and not knowing where their money is going and not having any idea about that and a, and a more experienced person. So the beginner person who might be in a lot of debt or you know just not in the best financial position, they might feel bad about buying themselves or someone else or treating somebody or whatever to a hundred dollar dinner or something. But the person who can comfortably sit and know that their money is working for them, even when they're not, you know, obsessing over it and they've already told that money to transfer to that account and this one and that one, they can comfortably be seated and enjoy that dinner or whatever the case is. That's literally the difference between having a bunch of anxiety and stress and worry about money and then getting to a place where you feel less stress and anxiety and worry about money. Yeah. So I, so I want you to now explain to us, you know, for someone again, new to budgeting, wanting to improve their budget, I created my budget and it was working and, you know, I was tracking it. I was doing a good job. And then I got slapped with these unexpected expenses. Um, How would you guide me? How, how can I adjust? What can I do? I'm discouraged now. I don't want to budget anymore. What's the point? You know, these unexpected expenses have thrown up my, thrown off my budget, but, um, Obviously, when you 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 work with your clients, you don't say, "Well, yeah, give up." <laughs> so, how would you how would you how would you guide someone who is facing that? Problem solve, problem solve, problem solve. I'm a problem solver, so I my mm. approach is let's because I, I I get slapped with unexpected expenses now. So, All my, time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's problem solve this. If I stop my additional investing that I was uh, doing. Maybe if I cut back on my contributions to my Roth IRA for one Mm -hmm. month or two months, then I can recuperate from that. Or if I skip this trip or don't do this or don't do that, I can recuperate. So my thought is, let me remedy this situation as quickly as possible so I can get back to my to equilibrium so I can get back to mm-hmm. what I was doing. So that's my, that's always my thought process is let's problem solve this now. Let's think about how long it will take to recuperate. And then after we feel comfortable, comfortable that we've recuperated, cause you might have to dip into savings. And so, okay, how long will it take us to recuperate, to top off the savings? Yeah. I mean, you know, to put back to savings, what we had to take out of it. Okay. Now let's go back to our, our goals and our, let's get back to the plan. I always tell people that you have to stay the course because things are going to come at you. Life's going to come at you. It's going to be annoying, um, especially when it comes to money. Cause I feel like a lot of times when life is coming at us, it's related to money and not unrelated to money, but <laughs> yeah, life is going to come at you and you can be pr- as prepared as you thought that you might have been, but still not, not quite prepared perhaps. So let's just deal with this. And then go back because it's going to be difficult to try to, you know, recuperate and still be trying to actively work towards goals at the same time. It's, it's just a lot going on. It's overwhelming. And so let's simplify this. Let's get back to where we feel comfortable or where we were originally, and then we move forward. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you still work towards the goal in life, no matter what your goal is, even if there are obstacles. I realize some people do just give up, but that's just kind of how the, I feel like when people have an understanding that things are going to go wrong and things are going to go badly and things aren't going to go our way <laughs> yes. all the time when they That's have a better yes. understanding of that. Yeah. They, then they can kind of bounce back more easily, but yeah, there are people who do feel down and de- 
depleted and defeated when things are going wrong. But I just say problem solve. Problem solve. The current current situation and then see when we can realistically get back to where we were, which is similar to uh, the path towards, you know, when I say visualizing something or dreaming something, it's a similar path. It's just that you have a, you were doing well, maybe, and then you kind of got knocked on your back. And so let's get you back on your feet. You may need to pause and figure things out, pause savings, Mm -hmm. pause investing, pause the vacation and figure out how to get past this unexpected expense. And then once you do, you, you ramp back up. I, I, I love that approach. I'm a fan of that approach. That's the approach I take as well. So, um, Okay. So now you've, you've told us how to manage unexpected expenses, but okay. Shay, I, um, <laughs> I'm managing my unexpected expenses. I'm doing okay. this budgeting, but I can't go out to eat with my friends. I can't go shopping. I can't do all these things. How can we budget without fully sacrificing the quality of life we want to have? What are your tips? <laughs> I am a, so I have a lot. Because I'll just one add, the, I think this is one of the reasons why people get discouraged from budgeting because they think that, okay, once I start budgeting, I'm no, no longer going to be able to do this and that or buy this and that or go here and there. So they're thinking about, well, my quality of life is going to change. It's going to get bad. <laughs> so tell me your tips. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no problem. Um, so I think of a budget as a spending and saving plan, heavy on the spending, because you're probably going to, most people are going to spend more of their income than they are going to save it. It's just how the the world is set up with yeah. mortgages and rents and cars and all the different things. And so, like I said, heavy on the spending. And so um, I like to think that that's all that a budget is, is a spending and a saving plan. And you can tell your money where you would like for it to go. You can kind of dictate what spending you would like to take place. But I think that Um, I have never had the approach of saying no to people when it comes to fun. Like if somebody invites me somewhere, I'm not getting, I'm not getting invites daily and weekly to go hang out with people. But if somebody's like, Hey, you know, my birthday party's at this restaurant or this or that and third, I go to all of it. I've never said no because of money, but in doing so, I know that I might have to sacrifice in another way, which I'm typically like right now, my husband and I are having a Juneteenth party on Friday. And I always tell people that if we skip a couple of date nights, we can fund these little parties or gatherings that yeah. we have. And so sometimes to us, some months, we don't have something every single month. It's more important to us to get all of our family and friends together and hang with them and just be able to, you know, have a good time with them than it is for us to go to different, all these different date nights or whatever the case is, because we can still do date nights. They just don't look the same. So in the past month, as we prep for this, We have been, well, we've been in in house a lot. So doing in-home date nights or we hang out on our patio or we go to the park or we find um, cheap events or free events to go to. That's my favorite. That's my favorite tip. I love looking for cheaper free events instead of paid events because they can cost (laughs) a lot of money for two people. So And you're still making the date night work. Yes. Yes. It's the same thing. It's just not where we're spending yeah. a bunch of money. So you can put the money to the thing, the big party you want to yes. have. And yes. that is still the quality of life you want to have. Yeah. Yes. So to me, I think just trying to look for alternative methods, cheaper methods, because again, a lot of things cost money. And, and I know that when people are getting, wanting to hang with friends and this and do all these different things, it can cost money. Like sometimes when I hang with friends, you know, it can, 
it can add up. Um, so I realized that, but I always like to try to plan ahead and see what's coming up. So then I can make adjustments in other ways. Like I just mentioned, skipping a couple out yeah. in the community, expensive date nights, regular date nights, you might say, so that we can host our friends and family members or whatever. So just kind of pivoting, I think, is the key to to living that same quality of life. Mm. Okay, so I have one more question for you around just planning my budget. So I have a ton of debt I want to pay off, right? Um, okay. I'm new to budgeting. Um, how do I balance my debt in my in my budget and still try to save, try to invest, try to live my quality of life, try to have my Juneteenth party, <laughs> try to go on date night? What advice do you have for someone in that position? So my thought is to because I've been in a similar similar position, my thought is always to, once you can visualize when you'll be debt-free or when you'll have that debt paid off, to create a plan where it's almost um, like bulletproof almost. So if in five years, one might be debt-free by putting an additional 500 towards debt, then I would put 500 towards debt it's kind of all based on how a person feels because somebody Mm -hmm. might be like I want this debt gone ASAP okay well if you're putting every extra dime of your money towards paying off your debt that's well and great that's wonderful in fact however you got to understand that you, you only get so much money unless you go pick up extra work and do things for extra money but if you're not doing that and you're just going off of the income that you have then likely other areas of your life you will have to sacrifice. And so you might not be able to go to have the Juneteenth party or on all the different date nights. And you got to be okay with that because I feel like in the end, everything that we do in life, especially when it comes to money, you know, nobody's coming to save us. Sure, some people can, (laughs) nobody. (laughs) parents might loan you some money. You might be able to get a loan here or there, but nobody's coming to save us. And, you know, people aren't winning the lottery like they want to, you know, like money isn't falling from the sky. So we yeah. only have the money that we earn. And so that being said, you just got to be able to fully at night knowing the decision that you make. Me personally, I'd rather meet somewhere in the middle. So maybe I do skip out on four a weekly day night. Maybe I can just do two and maybe they're maybe a little less expensive than what they normally would be. And then I can put a little bit more towards paying off that debt or towards savings. But like I said, at the end, you just got to be okay with whatever decision you make. And so if you want to go really hard to pay off your debt, know that if all your extra money is going to debt after paying bills and living your living expenses, then that's a route that you can perfectly take and your debt will probably be paid off quicker. But also you can put 500 towards like the previous example and have your debt paid off in five years and still have been able to do some of the other things and not miss out on life. And another thing is that I like to tell people is that, you know, every month is different. Every season is different. Every year is different. So maybe, you know, January through June, nothing. there's not a lot going on. You don't really have this need to be here and there and vacationing and all of that. So mm-hmm. in that month, during those months, that's when you amp up what you're putting towards debt. If that's the goal, if your goal is to be debt-free or to be paying off debt, that's when you might amp up those extra debt payments. So you kind of just got to play it by ear and take it month by month. And I always tell people it's not a um, 
what do they call it? It's not a it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah, not a competition. Yeah, no, it's not a it's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It it right. Yes, yes. Yes. Something like that. That's literally that's what it is. You know, there's no sure there are intrinsic rewards at the end of paying off your debt or saving up for X, Y, or Z, and you can change your quality of life, absolutely. But, I mean, as long as you're working towards the goal, I think that's all that really matters in life in general, not just related to money. But as long as you're actively taking steps towards the life that you want, that's really all that matters in the end. Because, I mean, for most people, whether they bought a house, I mean, well, with COVID, we know that. (laughs) We know it's not a great time to buy a house right now. But, Mm -hmm. you know, generally speaking, whether you buy the house in January of 2024 or June of 2024, I mean, that's not that big of a difference. You know, you just got to be okay with. Yeah, ha- you have to be in the right position to be able to right. afford the house. It's not about how cheap it is. It's can you afford it comfortably, you know, without stressing yourself out and impacting your overall financial goals, right? Right, for sure. So, and I think that, you know, when it comes to b- building, paying off debt into your budget, you also need to pace yourself, right? You you may not be able to accomplish certain goals as quickly, but if you continue just making progress, you will be able to accomplish those goals, but you're also working on paying down your debt, right? So it's the, similar to the house analogy you just mentioned. Maybe you have to wait till June to buy that house. You can't buy it in January because guess what? You need to make those extra six months of debt payments to be to pay off your high interest credit card, mm-hmm. which in turn will help you improve your, your credit score and help you qualify for a better interest rate. And again, in turn, save you thousands of dollars in interest, right? So you there is there is a there is there's tactics to it. And just because you're paying down debt doesn't mean that you can't make progress with savings. You can still start building your emergency fund. You can still contribute to your employer's 401k, build that all into your budget. And then going back to what you said, it's how how bad do you want it? How quickly do you want to pay off the debt? That will really determine your pace, right? Especially if there's wiggle room in your budget, right? So maybe you can push that vacation that's going to cost $5,000 to next summer versus this summer, and then put that money towards your high interest credit card so that you can accelerate paying off your debt, right? Maybe you wait two years instead of six months to buy your house. You know, what can you adjust? What can you compromise? How bad do you want to get this out of your life, right? What pace do you want to go at? Um, especially if you have the means to do it, it's something that you mm-hmm. want to think about there too, too as well. And some people don't want to go at a quick pace. And you know what? Honestly, um, of course, I'm here to help people and to coach people and and help people get through situations. But if they want to take three years to reach their goal and live a comfortable, more comfortable life or maybe a, a, a great life in the interim and they don't want to do it in a year, then that's perfectly fine. Because like I said, no one's coming to save us when it comes to finances. And so whatever works for you and your family and your situation, whatever feels good for you is really what you have to do. And so I always like to normalize. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes I've seen cases where people will go aggressive, they'll cut back everything, cut back everything possible to go harder and paying off debt, which is great. But then they get to a point where they just feel so demotivated and so deprived that they just go have a big splurge, vacations, all that. And then they find themselves right back where they were 
um, because they didn't give themselves that grace to pace themselves, right? And some people, mm-hmm. that approach works. They go hard, they pay off everything, and then it's fine. So you just really, you know you know who you are, right? So I always say the best type of approach to paying off debt, the best type of approach to budgeting is the one that works for you. The key is for to sure. focus on making progress. That's the key, yeah. making progress. I always think about yeah. my husband, he is not a spender at all. So like, if I were like, we're going on a strict budget and we're only going to spend, you know, $200 a month on whatever, he would be like, okay, like his quality of life isn't going to change because he isn't a spender anyway. He'd be like, all right, well, sounds good to me. But like, if he were to tell me that, I'd be like, "Eh, could we maybe bump it up to 400? Maybe that would be more comfortable for me because I liked, like for me, I I hang out with my friends more than he does. And I do different things more than he does. He's happy at home, not spending money, just minding his business or, you know, whatever. We, we're two different people, two completely different people. And so we're budgeting together, which obviously comes with its own challenges in an, in a way, not really, but for all intents and purposes, when you're, the more people managing money, the more complex it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we were different, and budgeting separately or if we were not married and whatever his life just has always been pretty simplistic like I like to travel he doesn't care to travel it wouldn't matter to him if he ever never left this city again (laughs) so like we're just completely two different people and we live together and we're married and so I can just imagine how many other different personalities uh, you know whatever there are out there with people and trying to manage their money whether they're single or married or whatever the case is. So you, you really just have to do what feels right for you and what's yeah what's comfortable agree. for you. I agree. Shay, this has been so great. Uh, I'd love for you to share any tools or resources that you find useful when it comes to budgeting, especially for someone who is new to budgeting or is trying to fine tune and better their budget. What are some, what are some of your favorite tools and resources? Some of my favorite tools and resources um, include as far as, let's say, digital tools I guess I love um the app I love a bunch of different apps but over the years I have recommended to people every dollar I love Mm -hmm. the app fudget for budgeting I'm currently Mm -hmm. using notion so that's fun a little bit more complex but I'm using notion for budgeting so I love those are kind of like where I help people to put together their budgets and to get started course you can use excel other types of different tools but those are my top favorite apps and websites i also love cash envelopes i don't use cash envelopes but i love the idea of it and so some people for me i've never used cash ever in life and so i i wasn't going to start now or ever so i don't use cash but some people who already use cash and you know whatever that seems to be helpful for them cash envelopes i also love the idea of sinking funds. I love Ally because my Ally savings account allows me to have different like mini savings accounts. They're called buckets and I have different buckets for savings. So I have one for our HOA fees that we save for each month to be able to pay the full amount at the beginning of each year. And then I have some buckets for other various expenses that we save up for because they're not monthly bills they're due annually or biannually so I love ally 
for that particular reason. Of course, I have to recommend YouTube and Instagram because that is where I learned a lot from YouTube about finances. Now, right now, it's a lot of people talking about money. It can be a little bit overwhelming, I'm sure. But, you know, you just got to find the person with whom you take the most liking, I guess, as far as how they are teaching or educating or managing their money and their approach. But I've really learned a lot about money on YouTube. So shout out to YouTube. And I like to watch people on Instagram and connect with people on Instagram. Just having that community of people is really helpful because sometimes you might find yourself being the only one who seems to care about money management in any particular family group that you have or friend group that you have. And so it's always Mm -hmm. helpful to try to scout the the world to try to find some people that you can connect with and that you can look to for accountability or inspiration or whatever the case is. Um, So those are kind of like my top tools and resources, I guess, that anybody can get their hands on. I love the idea of having an accountability partner, whether that's a friend or a spouse or a parent or whomever. I love that. Similarly to, and I view finances and and weight, I guess, very similar, or diet and exercise, I guess, very similarly. So just like having somebody to walk with or go to the gym with or whatever, eat healthy with is very helpful. Same thing when it comes to money, having someone to kind of keep you on track and encourage you and all of that is really helpful. But those are my top tools and resources that I can think of and share in this moment. Yeah, I love all of those. And I think, you know, for anyone who's listening, it's all about just exploring all of them, explore the different apps, download them, see what's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Go online, do your due diligence, YouTube, Instagram, explore these resources, and then just, you know, make a list of what you want to try out, what's going to work for you. And you go with with what's going to work for you. So thank you so much for sharing that. And then before I let you go, please tell us what is your Clever Girl superpower? My clever girl superpower. I think that, well, I don't think we have enough time for a minute. I'm just kidding. Um, I think what makes me amazing is that probably the best quality that I have is that I have this innate ability to see things, I guess, from all different sides. I don't know. I guess you might say that I'm, I'm not a free spirit, although I do consider myself. That's not the term I'm looking for. I don't know. I just feel like um, maybe not judgmental. Maybe we can go. Maybe okay. that's you're good at seeing different going. perspectives. Yeah, not because not everybody's life is going to look like mine due to a million different reasons. And so I'm okay with how other people live their lives because they're entitled. I don't, you know, look at people funny yeah, because they yeah, might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. People I think that makes yeah. you a great coach. <laughs> it's probably so. Yeah, I yes. would say. I think. And all the ways that I can help people and show up for people in my personal life, personal life, on the business side of things. Just being open. That's the word, I think. Open minded. Open minded. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Having an open mind, I think, is my clever girl superpower. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that as well. And before I let you go, Shay, please tell everyone where they can keep in touch with you, where they can learn more about what you have going on, your coaching, and et cetera. For sure. So if you want to book any kind of small business coaching or because I do coaching, not just for finances, I do I do budget coaching. I do small business coaching. I do large group coaching. If you want to book any kind of service, any one on one coaching or large group coaching, you can head to my website, which is shaybudgets.com. 
also on there there are some other things that you can kind of explore as far as my socials my other socials and other things but pretty much people go there for the booking of services but otherwise you can find me on youtube at shay budgets that's shay s-h-a-y space budgets and then on instagram same thing shay budgets but of course there are no spaces on instagram and that's where you can find me i've tried to take a dive into tiktok at Shea Budgets as well. It's not really working out. I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> it's not my thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel out of place. But YouTube and Instagram, those are my girls. So you can find me on those platforms. And of course, I have links on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram where you can go to book services or go to my website if you need to. Basically, all the different platforms will take you to the other platforms. But that is where you can find me on the internet. That is awesome. And we're going to put all those links uh, to your social and your website in the show notes. So please check them out if you're tuning in. Um, Thank you so much, Shay. I appreciate your time and for sharing your knowledge and your tips and insights with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.